How do you say it's time to start in Portuguese? É hora de começar. There you Fire go. Away. It's time yeah. to start. We, we go. Let's we're, go. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to GPS to God. We are very glad that you're here. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Tell somebody else about us. Podcast at parkwaybc.net. You can email us there. You can find us on Instagram. Reach out to us there. Simply Polyco. Make sure you support them. Find all kinds of good stuff. They will sell you at a great rate. Quality stuff. Have you hit anybody yet? Mm-mm. No. You sounded disappointed. There's a little bit. Like, There's places you can go to... <laughs> You know, do no. if you really want to hit somebody with one of these things. Yeah. They know and, that. and you go no. down into an alley okay. somewhere in Nashville, right? So we got these great tumblers, and mm-hmm. Ryan, the first thing Ryan said is you can use them for self-defense. I mean, they're legit. <laughs> Knock someone out with that thing. <laughs> this guy. Anyway, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Daniel Sanders, Stefano Patterson, Ryan, the mug-throwing Gotro. Yep, I like that has a ring to it. It does. Kind of long to say, though. <laughs> and we also have with us Mark and Giselle Settle. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Our pleasure. How, how do you say Giselle if you, in Portuguese? In Portuguese. How would you? Giselle. She's not, she doesn't speak Portuguese. She's from Kentucky. I mean, she doesn't even know. We're, we're kidding. We're going to get into where she's from and all that kind of stuff. I will not be saying it like that. I'm sorry. but uh, It's okay. It, like there are many names I'm called here: Giselle, Giselle, G. So you can choose what is easier. Oh, it, it's G for me. That's, that is by far the easiest. But we are very glad that you all are here. We're going to get into all kinds of great stuff, their story, part of their story, and uh, how God has worked in their lives. But first, we have a couple things to discuss. Discuss. Yes. And the Sounds first one serious. is, Fano's got a big trip coming up tomorrow. Oh, I do have a big trip. Yeah, big almost trip. forgot. Going to, no, I have big not. Did going? not know. First grade, first grade trip to St. Louis. Pretty excited about that. We'll <laughs> be going with uh, just myself, Lori, and Amelia. So she's pretty excited. Grant staying home by himself? Grant is, <laughs> Grant is staying at home by himself. No, Nana and Daddy G will have will have little Grant. So we're Can't excited to about it. Be a, be a quick trip, but it'll be good. It's I, going up tomorrow and then coming back on Friday. So I heard you're going awesome. to the City Museum. Arch City Museum. I think they have like an old like spaghetti factory that we're going to do yeah. tomorrow night. And then uh, Friday's the zoo. So love the Arch. Have so you ever, awesome. Have you ever been to the City Museum? I have. We so went, you know what's ahead of you. Oh, my goodness, yes. We went when Amelia was probably too young to go, so she was about probably right at two, and it was just mad chaos. So we were pretty pretty protective of her, but now that she's seven, we'll let her roam. But it is, it's a cool place. Has anyone else ever been to the City Museum in St. Louis? No. Nope. But I, I do know that they have something unique outside of St. Louis which is the ancient city of Cahokia. So it's like, you huh. know, outside of Mexico, you know, where they have the pyramids that everybody knows about. Yeah. They have the largest earthen mounds in North America are located in Cahokia. And so really? it's grass covered now, but it's still massive. And okay. so I think it's southeast of the city and you can go up there and huh. and walk on it. 
Yeah, like, interesting. Like remnants of the old Mississippian mound building culture. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So a couple episodes ago, we discussed the Garden of Eden. We gave a um, a disclaimer that said we are not Bible scholars. Today we do have a Bible scholar with us. That we do. That we do. Whether he claims it or not, we we know he is. Don't shake your head. uh, Maybe our next next, uh, devotional episode, we might have to rope him back in. For sure. Yep. For Today's sure. an audition, though, so don't let us down, Mark. <laughs> I'll do everything I can to fail it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was kind of any so city museum. Going back to that, it's basically like a three-story indoor playground, and yes. they have slides and secret tunnels. They have stuff outside old airplanes, uh, fire engines, and they built like rebar cages where you crawl up through the air and all this crazy stuff. Feels it, like. The science museum it puts that to like oh nothing doesn't even yeah doesn't yeah. Even don't even compare it, it yeah. kind of thing well, no I mean as okay. a kid it's great as an yeah. adult thirty plus <laughs> like you are beat up yeah. when you leave that I mean it yeah. is yeah it's gonna take its toll take you know. take some Advil pack some yeah. Advil with you you can go ahead and say forty plus too so. well I mean yeah. you know thirty yeah. thirty plus catch, catch gotcha. it, you know <laughs> but great place it's awesome yes but excited man, about it if you're a parent. Yeah. Buckle pack, up. Pack the Advil. It's great. <laughs> All right. So Pam, our financial secretary, she's maybe my favorite person here because she gives me my paycheck. She's awesome. <laughs> she, she is very awesome. She had a, a, a thing she wanted us to talk about. Oh. Are there any weird things that bother you? This is her example. Her and my wife had this discussion recently. So Pam's thing is, she will see one shoe on the side of the road all the time. And she said, how can just one shoe end Where's up the other? on the side of the road? <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, that's just something that she thought about. If anyone else has an example, you can share it. But her and my wife, Christy, were talking about it because we had one random shoe in our yard by our mailbox. Mm. Did not belong to anyone in our family. Interesting. So Christy took a picture and sent it to her. I don't know how they discussed that to start with. but <laughs> Weird things that bother you? Or just okay. just things that you're like, how does that happen? Mm. I, I don't guess it has to bother you. So if anyone listening has a weird thing that's like, why does that happen? How does that happen? Email us, podcastparkwaybc.net. Maybe you have one random shoe in your yard that just <laughs> showed up somehow. I don't know. That that shoe stayed in our yard for at least three days. I don't think anyone wanted to touch it. No one wanted no to one pick wanted it. one shoe. No. It wasn't nobody, ours. Nobody came back back to uh, claim it oh, or anything. No. no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they claimed this one. Okay. It, it, it. I mean. It was wet. It had rained. Imagine you, know, you throwing that days. away, and then someone comes knocking on your door. I left a shoe in your yard. Do you have it still? Yeah. So, I mean, I take it that Pam's favorite Disney movie isn't Cinderella. Probably not. That's a, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. Maybe it is her favorite because I don't know. Could be. Who knows? Could go behind. one way or the other. The mystery yeah. behind. Yeah. behind. Ask her tomorrow. Chicken salad. Does anyone like chicken salad or not like chicken salad? You're I do. a no-go on the chicken Big salad? I love it. I, I love it. Oh, okay, yes. okay. that is great. Yes, yeah. me too. Great. Chicken salad with or without grapes? Either. With. I love grapes. 
That's I, I like chicken. It's something I I didn't try. I didn't had before America. I, I like it with the grapes. With grapes, <laughs> I like You're with fruit. With, I'm either or. I prefer it with that and apples. Have you ever had it with that's, apples? That's a fruit yeah. salad. I mean, you're you're getting past uh, hey, the chicken part. Let's go. I'll tell, I'll tell you what's really good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the grapes they go. I probably like mine a little more bitter in general. I like the celery, mm. and it's probably the only thing I really like celery in. But I, at our old college campus, they used to put banana peppers not in it, but on top of it. Hmm. Phenomenal. I mean, that, it was shocking to yeah. me, but it was phenomenal. Interesting. That would be good. I think that right. sounds sounds really good. Huh. I'm a no grape guy. Give me, give me the really. Yeah. You don't like. I mean, you I, don't I, like grapes in no, general. I like grapes. Okay, but just not on your chicken salad. If it's in there, I eat it. Gotcha. But All right, Zach. Do I don't that. like my stuff touching. No, I, I have no problems <laughs> with that. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, if I have my choice, no grapes in chicken salad. I'm very much in the minority here. Gotcha. I thought it would be the other way. Yeah. That's why we bring up these hard hitting topics. Is it like the consistency that you don't? No. Throws you I, off or. I, I really don't know in that one. Okay. I mean, I like grapes. I, li- I, re- I like chicken yeah. salad. I just, All it's good. not my preference. I think it's better when it's not as sweet. So, I mean, if I had to choose, I would say no grapes. But you put grapes in there, I'll eat it. Yeah, I mean, I eat gotcha. but So, my go-to condiment for chicken salad is mustard. So, you don't know, like mustard and grapes. Huh. I, I wouldn't choose that. I still do right. it when it's in there. but Gotcha. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hard hitting topics. If you have, uh, if you want to weigh in on the debate, I'm losing right now. But uh, uh, you know that's par for the course. The last couple of weeks here, <laughs> saw Lori last night. Saw Lori today. She is Luke. very happy that she won. She's excited. She's a little. She's a little bit hurt that you kind of immediately put her down. Had it out for her. that's what that's what that's how, that's how she's feeling. Is she's like, what did I what did I do uh, outside of you know just support you in every way you know and then you are like mad that she you know it's kind of it's it just yeah her words not mine you know i mean i was not mad i was not against her i was just trying to be fair to the process and i got you she took it really personal and she did take it personal. Wow. <laughs> she did. did not expect that she did so. very she happy did. for Lori. It's okay she loves you yeah yeah very very happy so <laughs> i will give that to her soon i need to because i'll forget Zach, send me some money. So. <laughs> we have Mark and Giselli with us, like we said, and they are going to talk about, um, man, a lot of different stuff. How they met, um, what God has done in their life, is doing in their lives, and just share their personal story. And that's that's what we like to do. That's what, um, right. you know, is fun for us. You know, hearing stories, sharing those, and and just, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. So, G, you are from Brazil. For We haven't said that yet, but we've talked about speaking Portuguese. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. How different is Portuguese from Spanish as a language? Uh, Vocabulary-wise, is different. Some words in Portuguese mean something, and then in Spanish can mean something completely, completely different. We know that word, but the meaning is different. So if I if I go to a Spanish country, or if I talk, I speak Spanish here. I, I go talk with somebody mm-hmm. and speak Spanish. Uh, I can use a word that I know, 
but the meaning is different. Mm -hmm. And then you notice people like they don't really understand or it sounds funny because the meaning can, can be not so good. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask Rick Barkley about those words. Not yes. So good. <laughs> yes, for sure. Do you speak? So you speak Portuguese? I speak Portuguese. Spanish? Spanish. I, yes, I can, I can understand perfectly Spanish. I can okay. speak some. Okay. Like good. Okay. Could be my third language. Okay. Spanish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she said that she didn't speak very good Spanish, and then we went to Peru, and she talked to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, I speak Portuñol, we say. It's, mm -hmm. it's a mixture of Portuguese and Spanish. Wow. Uh, so from Brazil, can you just tell, give a little background of, of you know, your upbringing in Brazil and um, working for, in the mission field? Uh, so I'm Brazilian. Uh, I'm from a big family. Uh, my mom had uh, 12 brothers and sisters, but my mom had three girls, I, me, my twin sister, and my older sister. So it's Giselle, me, Edis, no, my twin sister Clarissa, and Edis, my yeah. older sister. Uh, my father passed away when we were... Me and my twin were eight. Um, my family, they are all Christians. They were all Christians. So my mom having many brothers and sisters, they some followed the Lord, some didn't, but they always came back and forth. And, and um, I gave my life to the Lord when I was nine. Um, me, my, sis, my twin sister, and my mom got baptized together. <laughs> And uh, after that, uh, I think after my baptism, I had kind of a rebellious uh, season. I, it felt like it was just after I got baptized, things got a little <laughs> uh, worse <laughs> behavior-wise. Uh, well, 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 that's what I mean. That's... You, looking at the spiritual side of it, that's when Satan... Ramps attacks. up his attacks, right? You know, on everyone. Yeah, exactly. uh, we talked about that maybe mm -hmm. last week with Adam. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's yeah. Satan has an opponent then, and before that, he doesn't. Right. Yeah, and I I knew about Jesus, but when I was eleven years old, uh, I had that personal encounter where I started walking with him, and he became my personal friend, my savior, and. It, that was very clear. And uh, then when I was 14 uh, years old, I, I, I had this passion for reading biographies, missionary biographies. And, and most of them had something related to China. So God called me to be a missionary when I was 14. And after that... Um, I heard somebody's testimony in the church, I think, and made me think of mine. Because uh, when uh, God called me, I wanted to be a, a missionary doctor. I, I wanted to serve people with my profession. I didn't want just to go and talk to them. 
So I wanted to be a doctor. So I studied hard. I really studied hard. <laughs> and I failed the, the exams the first year. And, uh, and people in my church and family, they were almost pushing me. God is calling you. Why don't you go to Bible college? You go prepare. And, uh, and I'm like, I'll go. Of course I'll go, but not now. First, I need to do some things. And, and so I, I studied the second year. I studied, studied even harder. And, and that year was the worst year. Like, nothing worked. And, and the, this Bible called Baptist, it's um, in Porto Alegre, where I come from, south of Brazil. Uh, they were having a, a mission trip to Paraguay. And they invited me to join them. Uh, and I'm like, I'll go. Because also I had this thing. I'll, I'll, this not adventure, just adventure, but I wanted to try. Uh, I, I didn't want to miss anything. So, <laughs> so I studying hard. I took a break and I went to on, on this mission trip. And when I came back, God just answered me like, uh, clearly, I, I've been trying uh, to do things my own way, and and then I went to Bible college, and I never went to medical school. <laughs> so when you're studying for these medical exams, how old are you? How old were you during that time? Uh, I, I finished uh, school very early. I was 16, so this was a few years later. I was 19. 19. Wow. When wow. did you learn English? I, I mean, tra- you know, starting to travel, of course, you were still in South America. And, yeah. But w- where did that, when did you learn English? And how did you learn English? Uh-huh. I started uh, when I was 12 years old. Uh, my mom had a, her high school teacher, uh, English teacher, uh, started giving uh, private lessons, private English lessons. And, and, uh, I had a job. I worked on a, a, at a store, and I would save that little money and pay my classes. And this te- it was my mom's teacher. So years later, <laughs> she taught me. Wow. Uh, and so I started taking classes one uh, once a week and then two times, three, four. And then I was taking five uh, five five days a week and studying hard and practicing with my cat. <laughs> I used to say she spoke English. <laughs> and she really understood me. <laughs> um, and, and so I studied English first for five years, taking classes with that lady. And she said, oh, you, you, you very, you work hard. I'll help you. So she, she lowered the price, so uh, my work was going good, and I could pay my classes. So. Um, yeah, th- this is how I started, and and I kind of self-taught, like that's trying that's to translate books and music, and so yeah. Who was it? Uh, Hassan said he learned English from cassette tapes. Uh huh. Because they had the lyrics inside, so he would, oh, yeah, he yeah. would like see the music. He would see the, the see the writing, <laughs> yeah, and hear the words, and that's how he's learned yeah. English. That's yeah. super helpful. That's one of the great episodes. Her song too. <laughs> yes, I love that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So you go, you go on this first mission trip, you come back. What happens then? We'll, we'll get to Mark sometime later. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, my sister joined. Uh, it was 2004. My sister joined Bible, this Bible college, and so I joined too. So we, we started together. This is your twin? My twin sister. Yeah, so that the first year I failed the exams, and, and then I, I went to Bible college. And this, this year that I, that I stopped, I, um, I went on this mission trip. I was already in Bible college. You got caught up. Yeah. <laughs> you were taking a year off. Yeah, it was like God. It's like you were doing your own thing. That's not what I called you to do. Mm. Just come back. He was. He was very, very hard. It was very clear too. You go back to school. Do you finish after you take the year off and you go back? Do you finish yeah. at the Bible College? Yeah, I finished. And yeah. then once you graduate there, do you stay in Brazil or do you start to travel and go do other things? I stayed, we graduated in 2008, and, eight, uh, and then I stayed that one year working in my local church. That year we um, we had the, lots of transitions. My pastor, the pastor left. He, so I, I was, uh, was kind of taking care of the church. It was a small congregation, uh, and and. Yeah, and I, I came to our church, and I said, I can't do this by myself. I'm, I was like, just a girl. It's like I just graduated from. <laughs> and, 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 like, I, I'm very respectful of the man leadership. And, like, we we were only four girls in my class. And, mm. and I understood that God wasn't calling me to be a pastor uh, but a missionary, and uh, so the congregation they said, "No, we are with you. We will, we'll do it together." Because they tend to, it was if 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 I took the responsibility to do it, people wouldn't do it with me. It would be all on me, and so I was there uh, for the like in the transition, the start of the transition to find a new pastor. So I think it's kind of during this same time, Mark, you're getting another, a different kind of education. Um, yeah. it, we're going to switch from the Southern Hemisphere to the Northern hem Hemisphere. Let Mark get a couple words in here. But th this is the time you're in the Army, correct, Ab about the same time? Yeah. I um, I commissioned uh, in 2008. Uh, field artillery officer and uh, you know gone through field artillery school immediately out the gate you know uh, doing all the officer training you know arrived to my got to my unit in Fort Hood Texas and then boom you know they're already late deployed I mean I was about to late deploy because um, they were the last unit deployed for the surge on mm. uh, the 41st Fires Brigade and so They'd gone down to West Wasset Province, which was southeast of uh, Baghdad, and uh, so I got the opportunity to to jump in on about the the last eight months of that deployment, um, and uh, which is you know as a young lieutenant, it's a it's a great experience. It was challenging, 
Um, but uh, especially when you, yeah, the platoon I inherited had been doing without a platoon leader for a good long time. So, I mean, <laughs> old first sergeant that you are, I'm sure you can, uh, you can, you can figure that out pretty quick. So, but I mean, it was. Uh, it's it was kind of, so it's kind of like, you know, you don't have a teacher or having maybe a substitute teacher every once in a while, but yeah, you know, you, you're running your own show, kind of, is what he's alluding okay. to. Okay. You know, we ended up. Um, you know, having a, um, I don't know how, I don't know if maybe the, the phrase would be good deployment, but we, we, we brought everybody back, which is good. Hmm. Um, and I mean, it was, it was, it was late during the surge. So it, just about everybody was kind of tired. The populace was tired. The area that we were around that was kind of surrounded by the Mahdi and, and all, all of Sauter's guys, I mean, they were tired and, what all this to say is the time that I arrived was, was for me, uh, probably one of the safer times to arrive in the surge. Um, but got to got to deploy then, and then went back to Fort Hood, Texas, and um, you know just continued to do the Army thing until ultimately did, went to the Captain's Career Course, uh, went to Fort Riley, and then my unit was deployed there. Uh, so went ahead and deployed uh, in 2013 with uh, the Big Red One, then came back, uh, made a deal to go again um, so I could get stationed at Fort Knox, uh, where we still had one brigade. And then in the middle, uh, and that, for that for us, you know, us being in Nashville, that's a lot closer to home. Mm-hmm. So you're going yeah. from, mm-hmm. there's some meridian that the Army always liked to post me on, you know. I was always 12 hours away from home. So, you know, you're in, you're in Fort Hood, Texas. You're in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. You're in Fort Riley, Kansas. And, I mean, it's all, like, basically one straight line down the globe. And that was where, I guess, they threw darts to, to station me in the Army. Um, so I, I made a deal to deploy when I didn't have to deploy uh, because they needed a, a, a fire support officer um, for, the, uh, for the Duke Brigade out of Fort Knox. So, but... Ironically, while I was there on that last deployment with the Duke Brigade in uh, in Afghanistan, that sequestration happened. So for those who don't know, that was when there was kind of a battle between a Congress that was held by, you know, one party and then the White House was held by another party and what and including the Senate too. And so what they decided to do was, hey, we're gonna cut for every dollar of domestic that we cut, we're gonna cut a military dollar. So mm-hmm. you know, while I was there this was the only brigade that wasn't in Kansas. They decided to deactivate that brigade, mm. which means my deal to be near home was dead. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd you know, moved, I don't know, more times than I could count and gone on three deployments in about six years. And so uh, that was kind of God telling me that this is my time to head back home. My sister had gone through a uh, very significant spinal injury. Mm. Um, and, you know, she just had a six-month-old at the time. And, so that was one of the reasons I'd wanted to be back closer to home. And when that wasn't going to be happening, uh, that was the signal for me that, you know, now's the time, you know, I've served my time, it's time to get out, time to return home. And so I ended up returning home and coming back to Parkway after being away for about, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> one of the things I want to touch on that uh, you've spoken about before is, you know, being close to God. How old were you on your first deployment? Two thousand eight. You you get deployed, join the army, get deployed. How old were you then? Uh, I was 
23. So very young, you know, still a, still a kid, mm-hmm. really. Can you talk a little bit about, and each deployment is, is very different, even if you go to the same place. Each deployment is very different. But can you talk a little bit about your spiritual health, mm-hmm. kind of when you first went and maybe versus other times that you were deployed? My, I mean, I grew up in a, in a strong Christian home. You know, think about, you know, Deuteronomy 6, you know, where, um, you know, the, the Lord is telling the Israelites that, you know, this isn't just religion. This is a, a way to live. And you need to teach your children, not just teach them, you know, at the time of the Passover, at the time of the, the, the different feasts. Um, but you're to teach them every day. You're teaching them when, you know, you sit down at the table and you're to teach them when you walk along the road and when you go down to bed at night. I mean, every different part, you know. And my father and my mother, they were that kind, those kind of parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I had, had grown up, you know, in that type of culture. I'd given my life to, to Christ when I was about age six. And, you know, at the time of my first deployment, um, I, I was very close uh, to the Lord. I was reading through the Bible for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, which was a remarkable experience to be, I think I finished it while I was in Iraq. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was very close to the Lord. But the, the truth is that, you know, kind of what I experienced over the next probably six years was spiritual drift. And, you know, and part of that was me, you know, l- letting the the military culture begin to be my dominant culture. Not that it... <laughs> There, there's a lot of really, really positive things about military culture, really. And there are some that are not. There are some that are not. And um, I, I allowed, you know, that culture to be, you know, the more of the controlling influence in my life. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not on other people. That was on me. And, uh, but I didn't see it. You know, I just, I'm a Christian. I'm an officer. I don't do these things as much. Mm. Um, and, but al- along those same lines... You, you were doing that to be successful, and that's kind of, you know, what you're taught. Here's how you are successful in the military. So you were doing what you thought was right. But that is, you know, across the board, people pour themselves into their career, or into what, you know, trying sure. to be successful, and it distracts from their walk with Christ. It can yeah. distract if we allow it to our walk with Christ. I mean, we need to – I mean, not – I mean, I continually face with this, is beware of any place where you refuse to submit to the Lordship. Mm-hmm. You know, where beware the places where you make exceptions. Um, and that was, a, that was a part of my life at that time, is that I was, I was making exceptions. Um, and until uh, my sister had her injury, I didn't see it. At that point, I mean, I was just completely leveled, and I was at a place where I knew I should... I, I could draw on God. I knew that he was near. I knew that, that he would listen, that he would answer, that he wanted me to be, be able to go to him and to pray, but I didn't, and I couldn't feel, I didn't feel like I could. And it, the obstacle wasn't the Lord. The obstacle was, was me because it was at that point that I realized how far I had drifted, mm. and I felt that separation. Um, and in the middle of physical war, mm-hmm. you know, Three deployments in six years is a lot. It, it's a whole lot, and you're in harm's way in, in literal literal warfare. 
physical, earthly warfare. But there's a spiritual warfare that's going on inside of you at the same time, inside of all of us, all the time that we don't necessarily recognize. So God, God's working in you. How, what, what kind of brought you back full circle to where you set aside um, some of the things you maybe were doing and came back to follow Christ a little closer? I mean, it began, I mean, the precipitous moment was my sister's injury. Hmm. Um, and that, that was a, that was a began a period of, of where I was, I saw my spiritual brokenness and, um, and then, and moving into my, and that injury happened during my, my second deployment. Yeah. Um, but the Lord was already working on bringing me back during, uh, during my third deployment. But I, he also made it clear to me that it, my time was in the military was done. And that was good because it, it was a good conclusion. You know, my last deployment, I would say was my best deployment, um, you know, I thought the things that we were doing, the performance that we had, I mean, we're, we were operating on levels that I didn't think, you know, I would, I would get to see. But by the time I ca- came back home, you know, I had my own plan, like kind of like G was saying, you know, the, we have our plans. And this wasn't the first time in, in the story of G in my life that God just totally disrupted my plans. I'm, like, I'm going to come back, I'm going to go to this grad school, you know, and like that'll be it. And if I don't get in, I'll just take some time off, you know. And I didn't get in, which was like, you know, humbling to me. For sure. Um, but instead of rushing to the next thing, that was a time period where I took about a year and a half, two years off. And I just spent it with my sister. Um, I mean, I was over at my sister's house probably three or four days a week. And my nephew was probably like one and a half to two when I started going there. So, you know... I just started living this life where, and it was rehabilitative. You know, I mean, for those who know my sister, I mean, just like you talk about all this struggle that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lindy was somebody who had kind of gone up against the fire, you know, mm-hmm. had her spinal, you know, her, her C5, C6 crushed in a ski accident. You know, they're putting her on the table telling her, you may, you're about to put you to sleep to do life-saving surgery on you and you may not wake up again. And well, she's and she's telling them, you know, that she wants them to know that they don't need to fear about her because she knows Jesus and she knows where she's going. And she wants them to know him and she also wants them to know that to give them peace. And they end up doing a surgery that that, that ended up saving her life, but she did, you know, continue to um you know, have to fight out of that. Spinal injury, and, and we're still in that fight. How old was she when when she was injured? Well, it was it was 2013. I mean, so I mean, Lindy was born. Somebody do math here. I'm a liberal arts major, but <laughs> the, get, get ready, Fano. He, here's our math guy. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But I mean, what's 2013? But her birthday wasn't yet, so we'll make it 2012. Yeah. She was born in 81. 81 or 82. So I, don't, I think she's the same age as Lori. Lori was born in 82, yeah. so Lindy mm-hmm. might have been born in 81, I guess. So yeah. she's in her 33? early 30s. Right? Somewhere in there? Yeah, so she, yeah. I mean, she's 81, yeah. but sounds probably 31. Yeah. So she's probably 31 when this happened. And when her injury happened, you know, my nephew was six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a time my sister and I still talk about it. It was precious to both of us. And it was, um, it was 
a time of spiritual healing for me and a time where I was able to get back into the church. Uh, I was in Russell Mundy's <laughs> class journey uh, uh, for about a year, and that was really, really good for me. So what Mark, Mark has all these things going on in his life. We're flipping back to the south, to the southern hemisphere. You've graduated college. You go out into the jungles. Is that right? Yeah. Before that, I, I started my cross-cultural training. So it was my first uh, introduction to other cultures. Uh, and then as a placement, we call that placement, I went to England because my my focus and emphasis was in Asian culture. And they found this place in, in Cambridge in, in England where there was this community of international students where uh, this um, a mission called um, Friends International, they, have, they work with international students, reaching out to international students. So I went uh, my first, my first uh, time away from my culture, like so far away. My place must, was the farthest to England, <laughs> my first long flight to it. Uh, so I was there. So for, what I hear is Mark could not get into grad school, but you got into Cambridge. Cambridge, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I went to Cambridge. That's what I heard. That's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah, I went to Cambridge so for, for a year. I didn't study at Cambridge. Oh, we, but don't we, have, we don't have to talk about that part. <laughs> you went. Just you went. I went to Cambridge. <laughs> and, yeah, we, and we worked with all those super smart people, like the doing their, their taking their PhDs and they would come to me in Asian culture. They have this respect. If if I'm um, if I kind of master a subject and I'm teaching them, they they say you are my teacher, you know. It, and I was teaching them the Bible. So you were a teacher at Cambridge. I was. Impressive. My boss there. So my first experience. His name was Bartle. Uh, and he was the best uh, supervisor we called him. He taught me everything. And and we had this uh, a thing called FET. I don't know how you say it, acronym or something. Mm-hmm. FET mm-hmm. is Faithful, Available, and Teachable. And God just gave me that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. This is my heart to go. And, and I was just taking everything he had to teach me, and and I didn't know the city. It was uh, we used the bi- a bike, which I loved, uh, and he gave me a map of the the town, Cambridge, and said we have a, a coffee. Uh, we had international cafes, and uh, here, 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 and go. And I'm like, I, I but I I don't know. It's go. And so I found the places, and, and he would be the kind of leader that would say, uh, uh, in in Brazil, like when it rains, you don't you don't you don't go out in the rain. You go by car, or uh, but in Cambridge, you use a bike. So I, I, there was a Bible study one night, and I didn't go because it was raining. And then the next day was our meeting. And he said, you didn't go. That's not what happened. Also, it was raining, my office. 
he yeah. will understand. And he said <laughs> to Sally, one day you'll be in China and it'll be raining and there will be people waiting for you to to give Bible study and you won't go. I after that I always went. It was <laughs> raining, snowing, <laughs> cold. But yeah. but that is something you, you have to learn because it's a big cultural difference too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and when you you commit to something and it, you they are waiting on you and you need to it's it's your whole testimony it's not just your words it's what you do how you treat your commitments and and the people the value you give to the people you're working with because they uh they are waiting for you for, for that and um yeah, so that was uh, for two months first, and then they invited me to come to return to do one more year with them. So I, that was my first experience abroad, and my English wasn't that good at that time. And I remember uh, they would say, "You don't say water." You say water, <laughs> all the, the British English. You can just take that. My my accent is British, but it's not. It's a Brazilian. <laughs> well, we, so don't, no one, we don't speak the Queen's English here yeah. in America. So. so when you went, no one like your other classmates, that you were the only person, y'all were yeah. sent we, to separate yeah. Areas. Yeah. Okay. Some went to uh, some uh, tribes in Brazil. Okay. Or or went to South uh, countries in South America. Okay. So you depending were... on the emphasis they had. Gotcha. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And did you re- you were when you left England you went back to Brazil to Brazil and I stayed there. So this was uh, to half twenty uh, two thousand eleven and twelve. And then I stayed till. Then I, I went to uh, several trainings. I joined uh, an international mission agency, which was uh, WAC. I don't know if you heard. Probably not. It's a worldwide evangelization for Christ. It's hard for me to. It was founded. It was, it was founded by one of your heroes. Yeah, it was founded by uh, uh, Charles Stud. Hmm. I think brother. Uh, Ken preached once. <laughs> I gave him the biography, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. Yes, and and Charles Stud was one of the seven of Cambridge, and it was like, oh, my story is just similar to his, <laughs> Cambridge, China. Uh, yeah, but after that, uh, I I joined this mission, and then because I was going to East Asia to learn. A, uh, um, a difficult language. I went to. Uh, I went. I had to go through linguistics training. So, uh, after my linguistics training, I went to the jungle for to study, uh, to to apply my studies to an indigenous language. So I was in the jungle in Brazil for two months. So, so was, when you say in the jungle, like. Like mm-hmm. in the jungle, like in, tent, yeah. like, like in the jungle, <laughs> like yeah. tent, 
accommodations or i mean uh, yeah we, he, he wants to know if you're hanging out in a park <laughs> or if you're what like what is civilization out yes. in the middle of nowhere oh. fano is so uneasy right now would <laughs> would you ever go into like the middle of nowhere jungle to uh, stay that's a no not to stay no i would have to have a ticket back or something <laughs> you know soon yeah. <laughs> soon <laughs> yeah you heard of the amazon river right yeah <laughs> so there's yes. the this uh out we were in the amazon uh the it was north of brazil so you have the amazon it it's all jungle but we were uh uh we went to the shingu river uh which is a uh, more north is belen para yeah I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, but so <laughs> so well, our Brazilian geography is yeah. generally not good. No. Okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, what kind of living accommodations were you, were they in? Grass huts, kind of thing, or or grass huts. We 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 slept in hammocks, um, and we had a tent just for our stuff and rain. But we slept in hammocks for these two months, uh, wow. seeing the stars, hearing all the noises. And, what were the noises? What were some of those noises? Uh, uh, Jerry, even our our instructors, they said, "Oh, this this sound is a jaguar." <laughs> Where they are close. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my but we were, we were, gracious. our our hammocks were here, and the jungle was all here. They they cut the grass to have the, uh, place where we would go for, uh, use as our restrooms, or and there was we we had the kitchen here, and the river was down here, so. Our tent, our hammocks here, tents around here, and river here, and jungle all here. And I, we had two indigenous classmates, uh, okay. and I was like, oh, "You sleep here. If, <laughs> <laughs> if a jaguar comes, of course we'll meet you." We all had like machetes, like the big knives. Yes, to the Yeah, we so. always had the big and machetes. The girls, the girls had to travel together to go. Use the restroom, right? Yeah, at night we wouldn't go by ourselves. Only if you're super brave. <laughs> so, food? Are you catching your own food, or? Yes. Yeah, we uh, some uh, some classes that go. Uh, we were eleven, and they don't have indigenous with them, but we had two. So mm. they hunt. They went hunting, and we caught fish, and we went. Um, Flashlight at night, uh, fishing. I caught fish. This. <laughs> <laughs> How large? Killing turtles, too. like caimans. And yeah, we did. The training included killing uh, animals and wow. killing, cleaning, and, and preparing them to eat. We, and this is something you did? Or just I to, did. We all did. I can't imagine. If you're a girl or a boy. I can't imagine you did. killing anything. Just I know. I really can't. I really can't. I really can't. I can't get that through. I, but I if can't. you met my family, my, my <laughs> grandfather was a fisherman and hunter. They, and all my uncles went fishing and hunting. They still do. So, And yes. we went camping with them. So, 
the thought of the thought of sweet Giselle with the machete. I just I, I can't. That's, How long could you? Be out in the jungle like no, she was in a hammock. I died a day. Yeah. I'm gonna say right now, the, I, his camping and your camping are totally different. Vastly things. different. Vastly different. <laughs> his camping is staying the night at the in-laws' house. Yeah, that's not. That's not even camping. <laughs> she laughs at my kind of camping. So it's okay. How so, big? Of, how large of a group were y'all? I guess uh, the so, indigenous group that y'all were serving. Oh. Serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were down the river. We were not in the in their village. village. Okay. We we had to take the boat to go to them. So they were a community of a hundred. Okay. And, wow. because and the government in Brazil is is giving them money, the it's, they are kind of thinking that they are helping the indigenous people. So they. They give them the, this money, and the men go to the city and get drunk. And mm. the the culture is changing a little bit. It's not uh, some tribes are not touched, okay. but this one we went to. They had a mixture of uh, Portuguese and their own language. Okay. Yeah. How long? How long did you stay there in the jungle? Two months was that? Two months. When you, and when you go back, what happens then? Where do you go? go. When when you leave the jungle, oh. where do you go next? Oh, uh, we go back to our linguistics uh, center, training center, to give reports of everything we did because we were working and learning all that and working, and and then after that, uh, I returned to my uh, mission agency. And that it was then when I went to East Asia to China. So, so you leave, you leave Brazil. You thought England was far away, and then they send you even further away to, to 42 China. Forty-two hours. Forty-two hours. Goodness. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's, that's a good that's a good place. Mm-hmm. It's far from home. It, it, he's squirming. It is oh, forty-two so, hours. How many planes is that? Is that just? I mean, there's no way. It's just one. No, no, no. It's not. So uh, I went from from Porto Alegre to São Paulo, São Paulo, France, and then France, Beijing, and then Beijing, uh, Four South wow. China. Yeah, it's a long, it's yeah. a long trip. So mm. lots of time, lots of years, lots of miles traveled. You're in China, and this is kind of where your love story, the two of you. Yeah. starts to come together. Who who wants to take that? Mark, you want to you want to give it from your side first? Hello all you gypsies out there. I know we were just getting to the good stuff, but you'll have to wait until the next episode to hear how the rest of Mark and Giselle's story turns out. We hope you're enjoying GPS to God. Rate, review and subscribe across every platform you use. Help us spread the word by telling your friends and family to watch, listen, and subscribe.